The Lord be with you. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to Matthew. When Jesus saw the crowds, he went up the mountain, and after he had sat down, his disciples came to him. He began to teach them, saying, Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are they who mourn, for they will be comforted. Blessed are the meek, for they will inherit the land. Blessed are they who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they will be satisfied. Blessed are the merciful, for they will be shown mercy. Blessed are the clean of heart, for they will see God. Blessed are the peacemakers, for they will be called children of God. Blessed are they who are persecuted for the sake of righteousness, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are you when they insult you and persecute you and utter every kind of evil against you falsely because of me. Rejoice and be glad, for your reward will be great in heaven. The Gospel of the Lord. Brothers and sisters, today our Lord sees this big crowd of people and he goes up the mountain. And he begins to teach his disciples. And it's sort of interesting because he sees these crowds of people coming towards them and then he goes up the mountain. away from the crowd. And then he begins to give them the Beatitudes where he's calling them to smallness, to be poor in spirit. Those who mourn, those who are meek, those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, the merciful, the clean of heart, peacemakers, those who are persecuted. And I almost imagine our Lord, as he sees these crowds of people coming, calling his disciples to go up the mountain to be sure that they know that the crowds aren't there to see them. Like, this isn't about you or what you can accomplish, or your greatness. Because your greatness and blessing in your life really will be measured by your smallness. 
the mark of success in apostolic ministry really is our own conversion. It's our own holiness. It's not how many people we can draw into a crowd. It's not about numbers, it's about conversion. And he wants to make sure that they are on the way to their own conversion. And so today it begs the question for us, are we on our way to our own conversion? Are we in the midst of our own conversion? Do we strive to live these qualities that our Lord says are blessed? Because really, when we stop and pause, these are qualities that most of us are uncomfortable with. To be poor in spirit means I have no attachment to material things. Like my heart is only attached to our Lord. That our Lord is the one who satisfies all of the longings of my heart. And I can't live in any other way but to completely depend on him. And if we really depend on him, it's going to involve mourning in our life because we're going to have losses. Whenever we're going through a conversion, we sort of have to mourn what we give up in order to be attached to our Lord. It's actually one of the steps in conversion that's given in 12-step communities is to sort of mourn the loss of your addiction. A friend of mine was telling me that recently he had to write a letter to his addiction. Like, dear addiction, Thank you for being there for me when my life was hard. Thank you for getting me through all the rough times in my life. But I don't need you anymore. And I'm going to ask you to step aside in my life because I'm choosing to live a different way. It sounds kind of funny. But the thing that keeps people stuck in addiction is the fact that they really like that thing for some reason. And it helped them at some point in their life. When we're stuck in sin ourselves, with any kind of sin, the reason it's so hard to give it up is oftentimes because we don't acknowledge that it does something for us, that we rely on it, that we're more attached to it than to our Lord. And so when we mourn those losses, our Lord promises to comfort us because it provides space for him to be the most important person in our life. To desire righteousness in our lives. And our Lord says, blessed are the clean of heart for they shall see God. And being clean of heart really means that we have an integral heart. That we have a heart that belongs completely to our Lord. That our heart is not attached to worldly things. 
Most often, when we think about purity of heart or cleanness of heart, we think about sins against purity or sins of the flesh. The kind of media that we consume and how that kind of media that we consume, it kind of corrupts our heart. It gets in the way of us seeing God. And when our Lord says, blessed are the clean of heart, he means that they'll see God now. That they'll see God today. And I would add that purity of heart, it also means purity from this sort of distraction of too much information that we have today because we all consume way too much information. And it starts to take over our lives. When we wake up in the morning, what's the first thing that we do? Is the first thing we do when we wake up in the morning to thank God for another day? Or is the first thing we do when we wake up in the morning to check our phone to see how many messages that we have? Because for some of us, and I'm in, I'd include myself in this category, like sometimes I wake up in the morning and I turn on my phone and I've got like all these messages. And I start thinking about all these messages. And then I open my Facebook account and I'm like, I wonder what the president's up to today. Right? But the problem with that really is that I'm spending time worried about or wondering about what the president's up to today. And I'm not thinking about what is our Lord doing today? What's our Lord doing in my life today? And so many of us, we get caught up in distractions in the world and the things that occupy our mind. And we're worried about, like, what's the president going to do next? Or we're worried about, what are the liberals going to do next? Or we're worried about, like, what are these, like, fringe people? Or what the, what the Pope say on the plane? What's going on? And we're worried about all these things, and we're concerned about all these things that don't actually affect our lives very much day to day. But we're not asking the question, what is Jesus doing in my life today? Like, what's our Lord doing in this? That is what our Lord means when he says, blessed are the pure of heart, for they shall see God. When we can eliminate those distractions from our life, we pay more attention to what our Lord is doing. And what our Lord is doing is so much more interesting than what the president's doing. So much more interesting. Because our Lord can do things even through crooked lines. When you're having conflict with somebody at work and your head's spinning around like, oh, I can't believe he did that. He's such a knucklehead. You can step back and say, what is Jesus doing in this right now? What's our Lord doing here? Because our Lord has something that he's doing. And when we can have perspective to see that, and we allow him to do that because we rely completely on him and we allow him to take things over, our lives become so much more interesting, so much more fruitful. And sometimes our Lord has a plan that's different from anybody else's plan. I think it was about two years ago I realized that I sort of had a plan for where my priesthood was going. The bishop had a plan for where my priesthood was going. 
And then Jesus had this plan for where my priesthood is going, and it's totally different from the other two. Totally different. And when we can step back and examine that and allow our Lord to act and listen to him and be more concerned about what he's doing in our life than anybody else, we start to see something beautiful. And we start to see something beautiful. You know, in just a small example of how this has happened in my own life, it was about three years ago I started giving talks to parents about protecting their children on the internet because blessed are the pure of heart for they shall see God. And I started doing this around different parishes. And sometimes I would go into a parish and the pastor would be like, I have no idea why you're talking about this. This is not an issue. And then a couple years later, they're like, Father, please come and talk about this because this is an issue. And then at a certain stage, the bishop kind of reduced my duties in the diocese because there was some conflict and things going on. And it freed me up to do even more speaking. And then this last week, I'm on the phone with these three Italian guys who just happened to know each other because they all had contacted me in some way and they're organizing this Italian tour and I'm going to be going to Italy to speak about pornography to all these Italian people. Maybe in Italian, I don't know. And then on the other side of things, I just got a call from... one of the schismatic Catholic churches that's not in union with Rome, kind of on the right side of things, because they're looking for help to how to form their clergy in order to help their people. Like, it's crazy, I have this crazy life. And I've got like secular therapists I mean, wanting help with their Catholic people. It's just bizarre. And I never thought that wasn't my plan, that wasn't the bishop's plan, but I think it was Jesus's plan. But had I been distracted by all the things that go on in the world around me or distracted by things aren't going the way I think they're supposed to go, I would have never had the patience to step back and just allow our Lord to do what our Lord wanted to do. Right? And I don't do that perfectly, and I'm not trying to set myself up as an example, but just to share with you the joy <clears throat> that I've experienced in learning to surrender in learning to surrender. In allowing our Lord to be the primary person in my life that guides me. And I'm constantly working on that. That's why I'm always preaching on conversion because I need my own conversion. And we all need our own conversion. So that we can see our Lord clearly. And just small practical ways of doing this is to maybe decide, like, instead of listening to the news in the morning on my way to work or on my way to school, I'm just going to turn off the radio and I'm just going to ask this question, Jesus, what are you doing here today? Like, Jesus, what are you doing in my life today? Before you go to your news feed on your phone, Jesus, what are you doing today? What do you want to do with my life today? 
before turning on television in order to distract yourself from the busyness of your day or distract yourself from some problem or some worry. Jesus, what are you doing with that situation? Help me to see things like you see them so that I can truly live a life in union with you. I want to be poor in spirit. I want to be clean of heart so that I can see you. That simple change in perspective will start to change our entire lives and bring the peace and joy and love that our Lord has promised us. And so today, let us pray for that courage to truly eliminate the kinds of distractions that keep us from seeing God. And that he will make all of our lives fruitful in building up the kingdom of heaven.